Welcome to the TikTok Podcast. The clock is always ticking, so let's synchronize our watches and dive in. I'm your host, Callie Brigham, and I'm here to help you make time for what matters. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of TikTok. This episode, this is a featured Friday bonus episode. This is one that I have had a lot of excitement and anticipation over because it's actually a story that I have shared many times on my own because I think it has such value when it comes to time management. I think that there are two elements to time management. One is estimation and one is expectation that play into so much of it. But the deal is I've shared the story myself And then when I had the conversation with the girl whose story it is, because I wanted to get the story right, all of a sudden I realized she should be the one telling the story. (laughs) So please welcome, for her first time, hopefully not her last time on TikTok, my wonderful, precious friend, mom of four, wife of a farmer, an entrepreneur, a lot sassy, a lot classy, super creative, my friend Chatney Gelfius. Yay, the crowd goes wild for you, Chatty. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So as I'm setting up the stage here, that is legit what happened. I was thinking about topics for this podcast. Your story of expectations has always imprinted on me. So much so that I have passed it on, not as my own, because I've always given you credit. But when I approached you and I said, you know, I think this needs to be a topic. Will you give me the details? As you started to unfold this story, I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is not mine. This is yours. And you need to share this. So you're going to love how Chatney tells a story. Chatney, I told you, do not hold back. (laughs) (laughs) Tell everybody like you told me, your girlfriend. Okay. And I think you're going to all walk away from this with some freedom, with some freshness. And I'm going to stop talking because we want to hear it. So Chatney, it's about expectations. Set the stage. Tell us the story. Do it. Okay. Well, I am married to Justin and we've been married for 22 years. We do have four kids, 17. uh, Well, we have one that's going to be 19 next week, 19, 17, almost 16 and 11. Three boys and a girl, Crew, Ledger and Grainer, boys and a daughter named Charleston. And life has always been really maxed out because we both run our own businesses. I came from an entrepreneurial family. So he came from an entrepreneurial family. So we don't know any different than what it really looks like. We don't know anything different than maxed out. And, you know, normal is just what you grow up with. Um, But we reached a place pretty quickly because our oldest three are 20 months apart each. And then there's a caboose kid. And so we reached a place after grain, my youngest came along that I just felt like I was always um, putting a lot of expectations on myself that I, I thought I knew what Justin, my husband wanted at when he came home from work or after a long day of work, or I thought that all of those things that made me a quote unquote, good wife, good mom. Uh, I've always cared highly about what other people thought. 
And there are, that's not all a bad trait. Um, That has allowed me in life to make a lot of good choices and to keep like my nose clean in a lot of ways because I never wanted to disappoint anyone. But I've always given a lot of um, power to other people and them um, in, in expectations of me. And so Justin, when he left Cummins, he was an engineer. And after our second baby was born, he decided to be a third generation farmer, which was going to happen down the road eventually. But once that happened and we both were running businesses, it's just he had a certain level of stress. It felt like everything seemed very stressful for us or it just seemed like we weren't connecting. And I majored in communications. I know that connection is important. And so it really mattered to me that we didn't just stay at that level of like, oh, this is just a season. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Mr. McGoram's Wonder Emporium, but there's a part in the movie where she talks about being a just guy. Oh, you're a just guy. It's just a house. It's just a toy store. And I find my trigger for when something starts to not feel right, when I say the word just, Um, that is kind of my trigger to do something about it. Like, oh, it's just a busy season. Um, That's kind of my code for myself of like, oh, there was the just word, right? Because it dismisses something that's really important or that should be important, but you kind of just tuck it over here because it's just a busy season. And I think that there are a lot of relationships that suffer a lot because it's just the season that we're in, but how long is that season gonna last? Because we shouldn't let a season pass us and not make some corrections if we could all be a little less stressed out and a little less snappy at each other. And so I felt like we had just reached a place. We had just reached a place because of our kids ages that it seemed like my husband was grumpy a lot. And I understand that we have planting and that we have harvest. And in my business, I have, you know, a a month out of the year that's a very, you know, high pressure, uh, everything comes down to now month. And that falls on one of his big seasons. But it basically felt like he was just a grumpy butt all the time. And I can say, um, why are you a grumpy butt? Or... I could do what my knee-jerk reaction was, which is make everything perfect so that he's not a grumpy butt. So what had started to happen is that as I would get a text message like, hey, I'll be home in 30, which as a farmer means I'll be home in 45 minutes to an hour. um, I would start to do all the things that in my head were expectations that would make him not a grumpy butt when he came home. So kids were small, I'd pick up the living room because toys were everywhere and it was chaos. I would hurry up. I learned a long time ago that when you have done nothing towards dinner and you have nothing planned out, if you could just put some cut onions and some butter in a in a pan and put the lid on, it smells like dinner is closer. So I would set the table um, and I would put dinner on the start of dinner, right? I would, you know, try, I mean, sometimes I hadn't done anything with myself. I'm in a beauty business, but I had like not managed to ever even like put anything on my face all day. Sometimes I was still in like slouchy clothes, right? And I will never forget, and I could get a lot of flack for this, but there was an article in the Good Housekeeping Magazine in the 60s 
And um, every now and then people post it as a huge joke, like, oh my goodness, like, I'm so grateful I wasn't, you know, a wife in the 60s. Like my husband, you know, would never want this. I remember seeing that article. It like has a woman in an apron on the front or something like that. And it gets made fun of a lot. It does. It gets made fun of a lot. And everyone just totally makes fun of this article. And I read through the article and maybe it's my background or maybe it's my upbringing or maybe it's because like my husband came from a farming family where she did books for the farm and stayed home. My mom worked from home. Maybe it's my background. I don't think there's anything on there. I mean, some of it's a little extreme, but I don't think there's anything on there personally that if you asked a husband if he would prefer this Good Housekeeping Magazine article from 1960s or what he comes home to today, I don't think there's a lot of husbands that would be like, oh, this is crazy. I would never want my wife to look nice when I came home. I would never want my wife to make sure the children don't have syrup on their face. I would never want my wife to not have dinner cooking, right? I think that most of those things are just common things that any human being, um, I don't think it even has anything to do with being a submissive wife or that role. I just think those are just common human being things. When someone's hungry and they've been gone a long time, they probably want to eat within an hour of arriving home and food's important to guys. And so there, there were just this like rush that I would expect that these are all the things that will make Justin quote unquote happy and not a grumpy butt. And then I'll be happy because he's not a grumpy butt. So I would just do this like rush. And I was a grumpy butt by the time he came home because he would have these couple of things that he would like nitpick. And I'd be like, I mean, have you not noticed the like dozen things I've done I mean, did you not notice that the living room is spotless? Did you not notice that there is a pile of clean clothes on the bed? Did you not notice that like I did X, Y, or Z in my business today? Did you not notice that like this, 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 right? So I became very almost unappreciated, which was making me a grumpy butt every day. So after... I would By say, the way, I feel like there's going to be a grumpy butt hashtag. There, there might be grumpy butt merch. Like this is, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the. I'd be like tag a grumpy butt in Yes. Thank you. But you know what? I told you to be real, and you're being real. And at this point, we're all like, dang. Sometimes I'm married to a grumpy butt, and sometimes I'm the grumpy butt, and so it's okay. Okay, yeah, keep going. Very good. So after I would say what felt like months, but was probably a few weeks of me feeling like I knew what he expected, trying to meet all the expectations and then feeling very unappreciated because he still seemed like a grumpy butt and I had not fixed the attitude problem or the like damper that happened when he entered our home. And we have a really good marriage. We have really good communication. There are a lot of things that I'm really grateful for. And I just felt like after a little while that, that we're too good for this right here. Um, this, what's happening is like not okay. So let's have a conversation about what's happening. And so I, I'm sure it was God that just like, had me sit down and I wrote out all the things I was trying to do. It really started out as a list because I, tonight when he came home, I was going to have a conversation because he was probably just in my mind, he's probably just unaware 
of all the things I'm doing to try to make him not be a grumpy butt when he gets home at seven or eight, right? And so it started out as me writing a list of all the things that I'm trying to accomplish to make him quote unquote happy when he walks through the door and make our home seem perky and a joy to be in and set a good environment up for all of us. And so that's where the list started, really. And then I kind of sat through the list and there were things on the list like have dinner started. There were things on the list like um, be in, um, you know, a cute outfit or, I mean, there were some things that weren't too far away from the 1960s, like good housekeeping article, right? Have my makeup on. Um, he always really notices when I do my eyes, right? He always notices and is like, oh my gosh, I love your lashes, right? So when I have my makeup all done, um, when, you know, the toys are all picked up, when the kids are all like, I mean, how much control do you have over your kid's behavior? But when the kids are all well-behaved, right? Um, when, uh, dinner is, is, is on the table within a certain amount of time of him arriving home. I had sex on the list. I had my expectation for what I thought his expectation was for amounts of time per week that this gets accomplished, right? So it was like- I love that they're all carried the same weight on the list. Right. You're like, yeah, I do this, I do this. Right, I mean, yeah. right next to pick the toys up, the next right. right? So I felt like if he just understood, because he's a good, good husband, if he just understood, these are all the things I'm trying to do, like let help me help you, right? And- so that's where the list started. So we did have a conversation. And then really in the middle of the conversation, um, he said, some of these things I don't even care about. And I was like, okay. So just literally God, I said, I handed him the pen and I said, then you number the list. I want you to number the list because these are the things I'm trying to accomplish. I want you to rank them in just an order of the most important thing to you, the least important thing to you. And I'm just going to give you some time to do that. And then we'll have a conversation about that because right now I'm trying to accomplish it all. And I just feel like a failure every day. And I feel like I'm not measuring up and that's making me have a really bad attitude. Um, and I'm not helping it either. So I left him some time. He was done in a minute or two and said, I'm done with my list. And I was so shocked at the list. Like I would have never ranked it in that order. And the bottom line is there's no way I could accomplish in 15 minutes or 20 or 30, 10 things on a list, right? But it made it like so easy for us to have a conversation because I was like, and it just was this super organic conversation because his number one was the kitchen table. His number one pet peeve was a messy kitchen table that has crap everywhere because it feels like when I'm hungry that dinner is forever away, even if I can smell it. If there is a pile of everything from a shoe to a sock to a sippy cup to a toy to the breakfast dishes because no one cleaned off the kitchen table. And I don't think the kitchen table is important because it's not important to me. I care that we can eat by dinner. So I save the kitchen table sometimes until last 
because it mattered to me that I what went and started an onion with butter in a pan instead of just going and doing the table and setting the table. And so I was like, sex is number four. I mean, like, and it was like number six. And so we kind of made this joke and he's like, Hey, you're doing really good in that department. If you ever start messing it up, I'll bump it up on the list, you know? (laughs) And so it's like, got to be this kind of joke. And then he was like, Hey, like, I don't have a list for you, but can you make me a list of like things that are important to you? And one of the huge sources of frustration to me was what time he got home in the evening. But, you know, we have this little actually plaque underneath our um, TV that says we work in acres, not in hours. And that is truly the life of a farmer. So I, I can never, I can never say to, to him, Hey, can you pick a kid up at five o'clock? That has always, sometimes I have people or women that I work with that are like, Oh, like, doesn't it bother you that, you know, he never pitches in and helps or he seems so supportive of your business you know, how did you get him to be supportive? And I said, I've never required anything of him on a certain time. So he does lots of helpful things, but it's like after I'm home and I am not on a tractor in the middle of a field because I'm not getting off this thing until the acres that I need to get done are done because we have rain or we have this or we have that or I have this many beans, you know, in the planter. So it's like, I understand. And so I've never put that stress of like, I have to have this kid picked up at that time. That's always going to fall on me because we work in acres, not in hours. And he can't ever help with a certain time. So I just took that expectation off. But one thing that would happen is he felt like he was really helping me if he stayed in the morning to cook breakfast. And quite honestly, I just felt like I had five kids every morning. It was like one more person in my way. And like I had a routine and they were all fairly small. And like if I want to get out the door, I also am very chaotic and he's not. So I don't really like this looking like a circus because I'm trying to impress you, my husband. And my kids didn't care that it looked like a circus. We just cared that everybody had something and he cares that everyone has like biscuits and gravy. And I care that one kid is holding a bag of powdered donuts or a Pop-Tart as we head into the car, right? So I felt very judged as a mom in the morning because he wanted it to be his way and he was trying to help me, but he was trying to help me by making it his way. So that led to a conversation where, where he was like, well, I'm just... You know, I I can't be home at this time because I don't get started until this time. By the time I help you with breakfast, I'm like, honestly, I would love for you to just get out the door as soon as you wake up. Like if you want to leave before the kids ever even see you in the morning, I'd rather them not see your face in the morning and them see you tuck them in at night. That would be my preference. And I think that'd be their preference. So it was like, oh, well, I mean, I can totally make that happen. That'd be so much better. I can get to work before anybody gets to work, right? I can get so much more accomplished because once you filter in a day, it's like choosing to drive your car through the night to Florida and leaving at midnight. I don't like driving from midnight to 6 a.m., but there's no cars on the road, right? So when he started leaving at six o'clock in the morning instead of eight o'clock in the morning, he started getting back even like two hours ahead at night because he was able to accomplish so many things before everyone got to work and started asking him questions and started distracting him. And all those people exist in the evening, but nobody exists at six o'clock in the morning at the farm. 
So it was so good for him, but we would have never had that conversation had he not said, what is your list? And so that's always been really good. And, you know, as your kids grow, just like you need to, you know, take a look at your systems or take a look at anything, take a look at your schedule, take a look at who's doing what. Um, Just like that, we need to take a look at a list. And I have lists for my kids because we do the same thing with our kids. We, you know, show up to every ball game when it turns out this kid doesn't even like people coming. Right. This kid gets totally nervous because every grandparent is in the audience. He'd rather just play basketball with his team and like have you at the games that he knows he's going to win. Right. But I don't know that unless I say, hey, like, let's make a list of the things I'm trying to do for you because I feel a little underappreciated. And I think I'm just trying to accomplish a bunch of stuff. And some of the stuff I don't even think you care about. Right. Um, I have a list when it comes to my mom and I just made a list out for my sister because my sister um, and I are very, very different. Um, and there are certain things that we try to motivate her with. And I'm like, why don't you ever make a list? And I literally was like, I'm coming on to talk to Callie. Why don't we have, why don't we have, why don't we make a list of the things that we think are important, the things we think would motivate her? And then why don't we have her rank the list and then leave three blanks for things that we have not thought about yet because we're not even her. So you do have to leave some blanks because if there's not a blank, they don't leave, your brain doesn't go what else, right? So now I just leave three blanks under every list that's as big as I could think. And then they can add their three things. And so that's where the list came from. We are always going over a list with kids, with children, with family, when there's a disconnect or you're feeling undervalued, underappreciated, maxed out, or everything is like, well, this is just a crappy season. (laughs) Okay. So if you're watching on YouTube, I know most of you listen to this on a podcast app. If you're watching, you may have seen me like looking away the whole time. That's because I am looking at my paper and I'm taking notes and I have notes. I have maxed out what other people think trigger, which is just corrections, make it perfect. Grumpy, but grumpy butts on there a lot. <laughs> uh, feeling like a fa- failure, wrong and right. Convo convos shocked at the list. The kitchen table was the thing working acres, not hours, three blanks. Like, and chatty, This came from, but I think it's really powerful is so many things. This came from struggle. And a lot of times we hate struggle. We avoid struggle. We ignore struggle. We, you know what I mean? We think that it's there messing us up, but that struggle, that issue, that problem has become one of the greatest assets that you have in your marriage, in your parenting, in your relationships. How powerful is that? It's really powerful. And we all know people, relationships that just, just try to figure it out and max out some of these categories because they think that's it without having a conversation. And I understand that we probably communicate um, or get to a deep conversation, maybe more than most. Um, and so going deeper into a conversation is probably something that we already were used to doing, but not at that season. At that season, I mean, if I had tried to fix it, um, one, I would have driven myself crazy. I would have been really um, sad and a grumpy butt, but really more sad and almost depressed. I think that the enemy probably would have told me that my marriage wasn't in a good place. Um, my marriage wasn't in a bad place at all. 
I just had a husband that was very overworked and very stressed out that he always came home very hungry and there is a really messy table. The second thing on his list was kids with messy faces. What? Why do I get, I mean, still to this day, if we're eating at a restaurant, I have the messiest 17-year-old child ever. If we eat wings, it's literally like dripping down his face. And I'll say, do you feel that? Do you feel it at all? Is there anything? No, no, no. And so he doesn't. And he doesn't even care. Why would I wipe my mouth after wing one when I've got 12 more to go? Right? Just seems ineffective. It drives, I know. I know that's the second thing on his list. So I'm like, hey, bud, like wipe it off. Because your dad is having a cow right now over your face at 17, right? He had a cow when you were seven, still having a cow at 17. So so we try to like help each other out. Um, and I just think that we've gotten to a really good place of fixing it faster. Um, but it did come from frustration. And I'm really, really grateful that we could have a conversation and get to a better place quickly and um, and that we can refer back to that. I will tell you on the flip side, I don't even know I'm doing it, but I do catch myself doing it. Um, I come from a family of passive aggressive people. And so sometimes when I'm upset with my husband for something, I don't even know I'm doing it. But if I look over at my kitchen table, it's messy and it like stays messy. And and then I have to say, come on, be a big girl, clean off the kitchen table. You know, it's going to drive me crazy. Right. But I almost can. And so we kind of make a joke of it now. But, you know, those messy kids faces and that messy kitchen table sometimes pile up when like. I'm feeling underappreciated, undervalued, right? I'll just throw this at you. And I have to keep myself from being that way because I know that that's not the best me I can be either. You know, I'm going to get a lot better results if I do what's important and honor him and love him in that way. Then, you know, I'll get that same back. We all want to do unto others as we'd have them do unto us. So that's a better mode. But sometimes when you know so what someone's number one is, um, you got to be a better version of yourself so you don't use it against them. Yeah, I could see how we could manipulate if we right. were so inclined. I could see how we could, you know, everything, Chatney, can be used as, for good or evil, right? It can be used right. as a powerful weapon, um, whether you're on the offensive or defensive here. And that's what I think I gathered is being on the same team. And to be on the same team, you have to speak the same language. You know, like you have to be able to hear each other, understand each other. And when you have different paradigms from how you grew up, because maybe you do did have a mom who always had everything perfect, or maybe you had a mom where you ate in the car, fast food on the way to the next thing. You know, maybe you had a single mom, like that was just the, the deal. That's how life was. So you're bringing these different languages and different paradigms into this relationship that now you're supposed to have to figure out how to make it work and not kill each other and not be maxed out. I think you tell, obviously you tell this story so much better because I left out the part of the prioritization that I think was the key. And that was like the little God wink and God nudge in there. It wasn't just the list because the list can still feel daunting. Like, Oh my word, he does expect all these things from me. But what are the more important, most important things? And the other things, 
if you get to him, great. And if not, it's okay too. Girl, this is literally one of my favorite stories. It is so impactful to me. It's so obvious. And it always convicts me because then I think, when's the last time that I did this with my kids, with my husband? Maybe like I'm a thinker. My mom's a feeler. I bet our list, we need to analyze our list again too so that we're on the same team and we're speaking the same language. All right. So before I ask the last question that I ask everybody, that's fine. Is there anything that we did not cover? Is there any part of the story? Was there any last advice or encouragement? I mean, you've kind of laid it all out there. Girl, you've just laid it all out there. (laughs) Is there anything left that we didn't say? No, I would say we're getting ready for a season that you do get a reset. So just don't put the list off because we're not promised tomorrow. And why would you put off making the favorite people in your life the happiest by doing things that are very simple? And I promise, even though it starts out as like a labor of love of, oh, I, I'm going to tackle these one or two things that are important to you. It really is a huge benefit to yourself because it just allows you to feel like you're spending your energy on the right things. And I promise it will, it will be a bigger blessing probably to you than even the people in your life that you're focused on. I was going to say that too. It's like a boomerang, you know, you're putting out there and the end result is you're receiving too. Mm -hmm. So speaking of receiving, I have a gift for you. It is not real, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. This is the gift of a bonus hour, Chatney. Nobody's list, no one else's priority, no kitchen table, no messy kids' faces. If you had one hour you did not have to account for, no judgment, free to be you, what would you do with your free hour? I would be... I am a person that wants to feel accomplished a lot. And if I had one hour left with my kids and my family, that's how I, when you sent me the question, that's how I had to do it in my brain to be able to come with an answer. If God told me that an hour from now, my time was expired and I was going to go to heaven, um, I would hold them all on the couch and watch our favorite movie. So or just be with the people you love the most. It's kind of emotional, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for those of us that don't just be a lot. Ooh. Yeah. I wouldn't try to win a prize. I wouldn't try to be number one at this or number one at that or prove myself to anyone. I would just cuddle on a couch with my favorite pink lily blanket. That's really fluffy and hold people and laugh and look at something fun and just be, you know, with the people you love the most. Well, I count you as one of the people that I love the most and I admire. And I pray that in whatever season you are in right now, that that hour does find its way into your life because it is valuable and you are too. And you're a gift, Chatney. Your story is amazing. Thank Justin for letting us just... (laughs) tell the whole world the story. Um, it does make an impact and it does have purpose and it, it is, um, of great value. So 
Thanks again. Chatney Gelfius, friends. God bless you. We'll see you on our next episode and go make those lists. You'll be so glad you did. Thank you for joining me on the TikTok podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. Your feedback fuels our mission to help you master your time. Set your alarm for our next episode. And until then, make every moment count.